Welcome to the Matt Watch That Podcast, the place for reviews, rants, and randomness. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to watch a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, critic's choice, or cult classic. Everyone can join in on the fun. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Before we start, Batman has always been my favorite superhero. I religiously watched the 1960s television series starring Adam West and Burt Ward. No, I'm not that old. It aired in syndication during the 80s on WPIX in New York. From the opening theme song, to the campy acting, to the pow and bam speech bubbles, I was hooked. And you can't forget all those memorable guest stars as villains. I also enjoyed Michael Keaton's more serious portrayal of the character in Batman and Batman Returns. It got a little suspect after that, before Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy brought respect back to the franchise. I always liked the idea that Bruce Wayne was just a dude. He wasn't bitten by a radioactive spider, or genetically engineered, or mutated. He just had a lot of money to play with. And after witnessing his parents' death, he could have spent the rest of his life depressed, doing blow and hookers. But he decided to dedicate his life to public service by becoming a vigilante. What a guy. So this episode is a tribute to the Cape Crusader and the Gotham universe. On to the main attraction. Each review will end with a ranking out of five stars. One star is Skip It, two stars Watch at Your Own Risk, three stars Standard Fare, four stars Worth Checking Out, and five stars Must See. Now, if I give a title five stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld. I rank titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. So let's jump into it. These are my ruminations and observations of the movie. The Killing Joke, from 2016. How'd I miss it? Well, I don't really watch animated films geared toward adults. Outside of South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, which is one of the funniest movies ever. But I'd heard that this film was based on a comic that was a fan favorite, so I wanted to give it a shot. And it's tough to screw up a movie about the Joker, right? I mean, people have tried. It was directed by Sam Liu, who helmed episodes of Extreme Ghostbusters, Godzilla the Series, The Batman, and Green Lantern, the animated series. The screenplay was written by Brian Azzarello, who scribed Batman, Gotham Knight, and Sedania Alimentaria. It's based on the 1988 graphic novel by Alan Moore and Brian Boland, and the characters created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. This is something to look out for, or listen out for. Brian George, who voices Alfred, played Pakistani restaurant owner Babu Bhatt in Seinfeld. 
Surprisingly, the movie opens up with the introduction of Batgirl, also known as Barbara Gordon, the daughter of Commissioner Gordon of the Gotham City Police Department. She's working under that moniker with Batman for the last three years. Batgirl is performed by Tara Strong of the Powerpuff Girls and Fairly Odd Parents fame. She observes as Batman speaks with Commissioner Gordon about the assignment. She stays out of these discussions as to not push her luck on being identified by her father. As Batman leaves, he informs her that there's a robbery afoot. Batman is portrayed by Kevin Conroy, who's played the character in the animated series, The New Adventures of Batman, Superman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, and Justice League. Seems like he's got this gig for life. A truck speeds down the city streets pursued by two cop cars. The thieves quickly dispose of the boys in blue and think they're in the clear when the tandem of Batman and Batgirl appear to spoil their night. The new dynamic duo retrieves the armored car from the back of the truck, but the thieves end up escaping. Powerful crime boss Carlos Francesco is visited by his nephew Paris Franz, who just got on the radar of Batman and Batgirl. Due to the botched robbery, it cost his uncle $100,000, and he demands that Paris pays it back or he'll kill him. He's a nasty combination of narcissist and sociopath. Paris is voiced by Maury Sterling, who appeared on Homeland as Max Petrowski, and episodes of In Plain Sight, CSI, Murder in the First, and ER. Paris is looking to double-cross his uncle. He stores stolen goods in an abandoned warehouse, which used to be a bank owned under his uncle's name. He got access to every offshore account that his uncle owns. But Carlos is no fool. He sends masked assailants to Paris's yacht in an attempt to kill him, but ends up escaping. Barbara has helped the GCPD set up city cams across Gotham and spots Paris Franz on a camera. As her alter ego, she becomes a thorn in his side, but Paris is intrigued with her. He sends Batgirl a video sending her to his uncle's offices, where she finds that Carlos has been killed. Police are called to the scene, and it's reported on the news that the murder suspect, Paris Franz, has gone into hiding. Detective Harvey Bullock is on the case. I just realized that I'm really narrating this, kind of like Christian Bale's version of Batman, and I apologize if that's annoying, but it's just something about Batman that it feels like you need to do. Meanwhile... Batman takes Batgirl off the case, feeling that Paris's obsession with her would lead down a dangerous path. She ends up retiring as the superhero. There's a bit of sexual tension between the pair, a will-they-won't-they they scenario. I'm not sure if that's apparent in the comics, but I'd never imagined that they would form that kind of an alliance. So, Batman is called to a crime scene at Gotham's storage facility where four individuals are found dead. They're positioned in chairs toward a stage which has a microphone stand. It's estimated they've been dead three years, around the time people went missing from a dentist convention. Batman asks to meet up with Commissioner James Gordon, who is acted by Ray Wise. He worked on Robocop, Good Night and Good Luck, and Twin Peaks. The caped crusader has a suspicion that the Joker might be involved, but he's been in custody for two years. Batman visits the Crown Prince in jail and discovers that it's an imposter. In actuality, the Joker has bought an abandoned amusement park, which is the first step in his plan. He is played by Mark Hamill, known for Star Wars, The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, and Masters of the Universe Revelation. Through a series of flashbacks, we learn that he quit his job as a lab technician to become a stand-up comedian, at which he was unsuccessful. 
To support his family, he assists in the robbery of a chemical plant where he is confronted by Batman. In an attempt to escape, he trips into a vat of waste which ends up giving him the distinctive Joker look. In present day, Joker attacks the Gordons and holds James Gordon captive at the amusement park, tormenting and torturing him to the brink of insanity. Will Batman save the Commissioner? Or will Joker get the last laugh? Here's a quote without context. It doesn't have to be good to be a classic. I think that was the filmmaker's approach. Unfortunately, Batman the Killing Joke is not a classic, but there are admirable parts of the movie. The voice acting is excellent. I wouldn't have pegged Mark Hamill as the voice of Joker. It's so dissimilar to his speaking voice. And Kevin Conroy was great as a matter-of-fact Batman. This is what voice acting is about, not just an actor using their speaking voice as a character, both embody the voice and the character, and was highly effective. I've never been intrigued by Batgirl. I always found her to be annoying on the Adam West Burt Ward Batman series. She is the worst part of season 3, and ruined the vibe of the show for me. I'm not sure how her character is treated in the comic book universe or other TV series, but she was tolerable in this movie. I think they gave her character a little more heft. There was an interesting moment where Batgirl scoffed at the name Paris Franz, and I'll admit, I gave a little eye roll myself, but when you have villains named the Riddler, Catwoman, Mr. Freeze, is Paris Franz really so far-fetched? My biggest problem with the film was the overall narrative. It feels like two separate stories they put together to make a feature-length movie. The link between them was established with the importance of Batgirl in the first half to raise the stakes of the events in the second, but even at that, it's a paper-thin link. If they brought back Paris Franz or tied him with the Joker, it would have been a more cohesive and satisfying story overall. You're not missing much to understand the second part, and that's the problem. Every scene in a story should lead to the climax, otherwise it's not needed. I think the animation was pretty strong, especially in the second half. They did some neat shots of the Joker that really made him look intimidating and scary. The character designs looked good, the backgrounds were fairly flat, but overall it's above average when it comes to 2D animation. I liked it enough to think about giving other adult animated comic book movies a chance. I have plenty of other films and TV shows that are on my list to view. These fall under the maybe when nothing's on and it's late at night, that type of scenario. Now for a little trivial trivia. The animated movie had a limited theatrical run and was the first Batman movie to receive an R rating from the MPAA. Batman The Killing Joke was produced by DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers Animation with animation services provided by The Answer Studio. It was edited by Christopher D. Lazinski, who worked on Teen Titans, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, and Thundercats. Ho! You just have to do it. The score was composed by Christopher Carter, Michael McCution, and Lolita Ritmanis. I thought the music was really good. The opening reminded me of Shine On You Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd with synths and piano. It was probably my favorite part of the movie. I'd never heard of any of these three composers, but we'll certainly look into their work. The runtime is 1 hour 17 minutes. It had a budget of $3.5 and grossed $4.4 million at the box office. I give it 3 out of 5 stars. Mostly for the voiceover work and animation, the storyline was too choppy. Add half a star if you're a fan of the comic book. 
Apparently it is a faithful adaptation, so I think you'll be satisfied with the second half of the movie. If you've seen Batman the Killing Joke and have opinions on the movie, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Moving right along, each episode, I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there will be a playlist called Matt Watch That Playback. There's a new Batman movie coming out this year. It could be the first movie I see in theaters in almost two years. Now, I know I've said that a couple times. The first was Ghostbusters Afterlife, but we ended up shutting down New York. The second was Spider-Man No Way Home, but shut down. So maybe by March we'll be okay? I believe the last movie I saw in theaters was Birds of Prey. I know people are concerned over the choice of Robert Pattinson, but I think all actors need to be given a chance to prove themselves in a role. If a filmmaker like Matt Reeves has confidence that he's right for the part, who am I to argue? When Michael Keaton was cast as Batman, it was not the fan's first choice. At the time, he had been known as a comedic actor in such roles as Night Shift, Mr. Mom, Johnny Dangerously, and Beetlejuice. Fans wanted Warner Brothers and DC to move away from the campy portrayal in the series, and this didn't quash anyone's fear. And let's not forget, Heath Ledger was not welcome with open arms when it was announced he had been cast as the Joker. You mean the Brokeback Mountain dude? It turned out pretty good for him. Well, eh, you know. Not sure how many people remember the backlash against Daniel Craig as James Bond. Fans were sore because 007 always had brown hair and Daniel Craig is blonde. The headlines in some newspapers were calling him James Blonde. I guess they didn't realize that he could dye his hair, or just let his acting do the talking. But if they get into a hissy fit over that, wait until they cast Idris Elba in the role. In the end, none of that matters because it always comes down to the performance. Every actor taking an established role will put their twist onto the character. I'm really looking forward to seeing Robert Pattinson's take on Bruce Wayne and the Batman. The trailer is available in the Matt Watch That Playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about Harley Quinn. Developed by Justin Halpern, Patrick Schumacher, and Dean Laurie, based on the character created by Paul Denny and Bruce Timm. Now, I was aware of the character of Harley Quinn and knew she had a following from Batman the Animated Series, but I never watched that. It wasn't until I saw Suicide Squad from 2016 that I started to get into the character, but I think her portrayal in Birds of Prey was the perfect balance of chaos, violence, and fun. So I binged the animated series when I got HBO Max and really enjoyed it. They definitely capture the spirit of the characters, many we know and love, like Penguin, the Riddler, Poison Ivy, Bane, as well as lesser-known villains King Shark, Clayface, and Dr. Psycho. The voice cast is great. Kaylee Kuko, Lake Bell, Tony Hale, Jason Alexander, J.B. Smoove, and Alan Tudyk. Be warned, it's made for adults and not appropriate for children. Harley Quinn has been on for two seasons, 26 episodes beginning in 2019. The series was renewed for a third season, which will premiere this year on HBO Max. 
that's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what movie or TV pilot I should see, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Head over to MattSarosky.com for the latest news and updates, and come back next time for all the reviews, rants, and randomness. Batman The Killing Joke was produced by DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers Animation with animation services provided by the answer uh, disc why did I want to say disco also known as Barbara Gordon the daughter of Commissioner Gordon of Gotham City well I don't really watch animated films geared towards adults outside of South Park Bigger Longer Uncut which is one of the funniest movies ever Ah, that's the phone. Please turn off all ringers when recording a podcast.